everyone, welcome back to the Golden Goal Podcast. It's Javi and Lee back at it again with some footy news, man. With some footy news, episode 24. It is uh, Wednesday, November 27th, the day before Thanksgiving, other known as Black Wednesday, baby. Um, and in honor of that Black Wednesday, I am going to crack open a beer right now, if I can do it with one hand. Ooh. Mm, first one of the night. Oh, God. <sighs> oh, what's yet to come? What's yet to come? What's yet to come? Uh, yeah, man. How you doing, though? How's everything, man? It's good. It's good. Short work week. Got off today at 3. Head start on the long weekend. Working from home on Monday. Basically a five, four and a half day weekend, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so p- super pumped. And... England don't England don't have Thanksgiving, so they rest for nobody when it comes to Thanksgiving. So we're gonna have some footy this weekend to preview oh. Chan- <laughs> Champions League to review this week. It's it's I'm excited for this one. This is gonna be a good episode. It's gonna be a good weekend too. Uh, real quick before we get into it, guys, um, we got a lot of support from our last episode. Um, perhaps probably from a lot of Fire fans since we pushed that out to the Fire community. Since we talked a little bit about our beloved. Chicago Fire and their atrocious emblem and uh, what uh, exactly is they're doing, which we don't know yet. So, um, but anyways, guys, yeah, if you uh, you know if you love the podcast, haven't left a review and uh, you know written a review, please leave one on iTunes. If you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, uh, it would be much appreciated. Helps us a lot. Leave us five stars. Um, but anyways, uh, let's get into it. So we're gonna do a little bit of Premier League recap, then uh, some Champions League recap. And then a little bit of a preview of next uh, this coming weekend in the Premier League and some other uh, big games around the around the world, and then some golden goal and extra touches. So yeah, and we're actually not going to do. We're going to take a one week break from uh, Premier League predictions just so we can dedicate a little bit more time to breaking down uh, the games ahead, um, as well as the games uh, from the weekend as well. Uh, so with that being said, uh, first game to start off with Jose Mourinho's debut with. Tottenham Hotspur uh, against Hell West Ham. Hell yeah. I got up at 6.30 a.m. for this game. That's the Mourinho effect, baby. You just, <laughs> the Mourinho effect. You just get up. I went to bed. <laughs> good game, good, too. Great game, dude. I went, I went to bed at 2 a.m. and I woke up at 6.30 for it. I mean, I fell, fell asleep a little bit in between. But, uh, yeah, he he just uh, he knows how to grab my attention. So, But uh, that was a good game, man. Good game. Uh, good game for Tottenham. They, that was their first away win, I think, in... I don't know how long. How long? It was a long time. Uh, don't quote me on it, but it may have been their first away win since January of 2019. Yeah, it, it was like a long ass time, and uh, I mean, obviously, great first game for Mourinho to return to. Um, what was the final score to that game? It was a three-two. Three yeah. uh, they almost did the most Spurs thing ever and choked yeah. it, uh, and but they hung on for the three-two win. Um, but yeah, Jose. Starting off on the right foot, uh, we'll get to his Champions League first Champions League debut with with Spurs later on, uh, but came out firing, man. Uh, they looked good. Three zero up. They looked really good, uh, and obviously that's that's the um, that what do we call that? That's like the bounce back of a new manager. Obviously, yep. you know, you, you're as a player, you kind of want to impress the new manager, so you get a little bit of extra oomph to your game, right? But they looked uh, really, really well. Deli Ali looked like a different player. I think that was the best 45 minutes I've seen him play, like especially that first half, in a long time. Well, actually, we'll get the, this kind of funny thing out of the way first. Um, before this game, 
Jose supposedly said to Deli Ali, he said, are you Dele? Are you Deli Ali's brother? And of course, Deli Ali said, oh, I'm Deli Ali. Uh, he said, well, go play like him. Like, <laughs> play like you. Like, yeah, play like yeah, yourself. Yeah. And sure enough, I mean, first first game and also first Champions League game, uh, he's played very well, better than we've seen him play all year. Yeah. Um, I was not surprised to see him start. Um, there were... There was no doubt in my mind that he was gonna was not going to start Erickson. Um, I mean, we've talked about it time and time again. He, the dude clearly just wants to move on. Yep, yep. Um, and he's just kind of treading water at this point until the next transfer window. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest uh, surprise to me is that he went with, uh, well, not really surprise, but the most interesting thing to me, Ben Davies over Danny Rose at left back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another one, too. could be, you know, we saw a little bit Danny Rose kind of left a lot of speculation over his future at Tottenham, and um, with Jose maybe had a conversation with, I don't know, something along the lines, and he was like, in a sense, probably questioned his commitment to the team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe he didn't get that vibe that he was solely committed, so he went with Ben Davies, which I honestly, I think he should get more uh, playing time because Danny Rose has been atrocious anyways. He uh, has. And also, in addition to Dele Alli playing very well in these first two games with Spurs under uh, Mourinho, uh, Serge Aurier has looked like a different player, too. Not as much of a liability at the back. No, he's looking like a Maicon type player now <laughs> from those uh, Jose Mourinho's inter team. So he's looking yeah. like a new guy, which actually I could see Aurier under Mourinho looking like a totally different player. To be, I can see him being one of uh, Jose Mourinho's trusted players, to be honest with you. Uh, Especially also, uh, he goes a lot with Eric Dyer also. Eric Dyer has been kind of pooper cheeks too before, but I think uh, he might be Mourinho's guy unless Ndombele um, finds some sort of form. But, uh, yeah, Ndombele was not, uh, no, not I, on the bench I, I, in this I think, game. I think he was injured, though. I think he might have yeah. some, some injury. Uh, we'll talk about Eric Dyer later because he did get yanked pretty early in the first half of uh, the Champions, Champions League. League game against Olympiacos today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, solid showing from Spurs, although they did almost kind of blow it <laughs> yeah. there towards the end. Um, yes, it was a little bit more of a defensive setup, um, even tactically-wise, but you could tell on the break, like, they were more – what's the word? Uh, lethal? More lethal. That's the right, yeah. Yeah, that's the right word. Um, more lethal on the break for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think with – with uh, Mourinho, he because uh, you could clearly see he played with two a little bit more holding players and Harry Winks and Eric Dyer this game, um, but he lets uh, Son, Deli Ali, Lucas Moura, and Harry Kane kind of be more uh, not free, but kind of just you know that's his like those uh, those four players are kind of like you know um, the head of the attack right with either Harry Winks maybe playing a little bit more of a box to box type role and Eric Dyer sitting back, but yeah definitely a lot more defensive approach, but he does have those four players that are really potent in attacking. So I, he could do some damage. Yeah. He can do some damage up top. And uh, I like to compare that with, you know, I think with this Spurs team, he inherited uh, actually a, a really solid Spurs team, kind of a team that Mourinho really likes to play with. Yeah, uh, I agree. Compared to where he was before Man U, I think Man U, I mean, obviously the stinky, right? They have a stinky team. But I think with this team, it's a lot more complete. Uh, Harry Kane is the perfect striker, the perfect Mourinho striker. Big Knows how to score. He reminds him of like a DDA drug butt type player, just kind of yeah. like, you know, going back and forth. Obviously, the wings with Son and, and Lucas Mora. And then Dele Alli, hopefully he uh, he rediscovers his form. But I think Dele Alli is going to be Mourinho's go-to. Yeah, I think if he can get – if he can revitalize Dele Alli, 
um, th- for the remainder of this season, that'll be an X factor for Spurs in terms yeah. of where they finish in the standings. Um, but so far, so good for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one thing I want to say about West Ham before we move on. Yep. West Ham obviously struggling just above the relegation zone. Um, Pellegrini, uh, no move has been made with him yet, whether he, he's going to get sacked or not. But let me let, let me preview West Ham's remaining games before New Year's. Next week, or this weekend, they go away to Chelsea. Tough. Away to Wolves. Tough. Home to Arsenal. Tough. Um, away to Southampton. Um, and then as of right now, Mob says the game against Liverpool is postponed, so I'm not really yeah, sure about yeah. that one. Uh, but then they have Crystal Palace away. That can go either way. And then Leicester at home. Tough. That's the remaining games of 2019 for West Ham with Pellegrini still in charge. It's not looking good, dude. Like, they... They're in trouble. I mean, they, like, relegation trouble. Like, mm-hmm. if, if they don't turn things around. And uh, it's 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 kind of scary if you're a West Ham fan and owner because of the team that they have. They don't have a bad team at all. No. Uh, and, I mean, looking – I mean, West Ham getting relegated is not good. So, I, and to be honest, I think it's time that uh, West Ham pulls the plug on Pellegrini, to be honest with you. Yeah. Before and it gets worse. It, it – it is going to get worse because I'll tell you right now, there's no way they're going to beat Chelsea. Um, there's no way they're going to beat Wolves. Ars- they, can get, they can get a result against Arsenal, Arsenal I think. Uh, yeah. um, they can get a result against Southampton, maybe. They're not going to beat Leicester. And they might get a point against Palace. So we are looking at in the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, you're going to get maybe two points. Maybe four at the most. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I think it was something like they have two points out of their last possible 24. That's atrocious. Awful. awful. Atrocious. And West Ham's a big club, man. Yeah, they are. And I mean, they've always been what, top 7, top 8 around there, around Yeah, around. this would be like an this would be like a time when like Aston Villa or Newcastle got relegated in the past 5 yeah. 6 years. Um so definitely something they got to keep an eye on. I wouldn't wait more than af- until after that. Wolves game, I think that would literally be the latest I would go if they can't get a win out of one of those two because then because then they'll have a home game against Arsenal, London, London Derby, a chance for a, a great for a great first game opportunity for a new manager to come in mm-hmm. um, and really spark a turnaround. So um, I would not wait un- any longer until after that Wolves game, in my opinion. But yeah. West Ham, down amongst the dead men for sure. Uh, but then moving on, what do you got next here? Uh, we have uh, we have uh, Man City versus Chelsea. City-Chelsea lived up to the expectations for sure. Uh, this one ends 2-1 in favor of City. Uh, De Bruyne and Mares with the goals. Uh, Conte for Chelsea. Chelsea looked really good in this game, man. Uh, they showed... They showed out exactly how we were expecting them to um, and lived up to their expectations given how they've played so far this year. I honestly thought Chelsea, or City got outplayed in the midfield, which they rarely ever do this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised not to see Mason Mount start, um, but I guess given um, how attacking City is, going with three a little bit more defensive-oriented players with Kovacic, Jorginho, and Conte in the middle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it made a little bit more sense. Um, 
Mares played one of his best games in a city jersey this game, in my opinion. Yep, he did. He got and me. I've been very uh, critical of him since he's arrived. I thought we could have gone out and gotten someone better, but he played very well in this game. Um, and his goal was just like a Mares classic, like cutting in from the right. Yeah, yeah. Just low curling shot to the far post. Um, city showing some showing their flaws at the back once again, especially early on with that goal. Uh, definitely very preventable. It was just a little ball over the top to Conte. Um, and I believe that was John Stones' side where uh, they definitely could have done better. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to really watch this game that much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, from what it seems like, Chelsea weren't really scared to, to go attacking against City. And uh, it, it, it favored them pretty well. Um, and favor, uh, what is it? What's the saying? Favor, uh, what is it? Something for, favors the fortune? Sorry, I was watching. I was watching the Mars as a goal. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm dumb. But anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a nice call. Um, yeah, Ch- I mean Chelsea. I don't know. Yeah, I, I you know I probably would have loved to see like you said Mason Mount play. I think that would have given him a little bit more of a a threatening attack. Um, but you know Chelsea still doing really well. Um, Lampard's you could really tell what he's trying to do with this team. Um, you know, not afraid to go all out against big teams. So uh, I, I I give it to that Chelsea side, bro. I mean, they're not afraid. Doesn't matter who they play; they they stick to their system. Chelsea or Lampard inherited a very good core group of young players to move forward with, for sure. And if I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm very excited of what's to come with this team after this transfer ban is gone, man. If they are able to go out in the off season and bring in some defensive reinforcements and they keep the attack and the midfield as they have, uh, maybe bring in one or two depth pieces, they're going to be they're gonna be a contender next year. I'll go out on a limb and say they're going to be a yeah. contender next year if they play their cards right in the offseason. No, yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Tamori and his future as a Chelsea player? Um, if they do go out and, as I said, reinforce themselves at the back, I don't know if he will be starting material depending on who they bring in mm-hmm. but on the flip side he's only 21 years old mm-hmm. yeah um so he if, if they can bring in a a seasoned not over not too old player but like someone like around in their in their prime like 28 mm-hmm. center back and he has a year to learn under them then maybe he can move into that consistent starter role even though he is a consistent starter right now but i mean in a team who could be a title contender yeah yeah um a team in that category, basically. Um, I think I think they should definitely keep him. I would get rid of Zuma, obviously, yeah, yeah. before I would get rid of Tamori. Because I can see Tamori being like a third choice, if you know, with Rudiger and then another top class center back. That they're yeah, and with. Rudiger with his injury problems, that might be a question mark for yeah, them yeah, in the off season yeah. as well. And they also have Christensen, who hasn't seen much action this this no. year, given how well Tamori has played. Yeah, yeah. But um, if they could bring in. Depending on how many center backs they'd bring in next season and how many they ship out, um, if they bring in two really good ones, maybe Tamori is that that third man, um, that one odd man out. Or if they bring in one and they keep Christensen or and or Rudiger and they keep Tamori as well, then maybe he's a starter alongside that signing that they bring in and they get rid of Zuma. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they also the fullbacks. I don't know if Emerson is the guy. 
really? Yeah, is he true. is he really going to be the guy that uh, pushes you for the title? I don't know. He was very okay when we had him at Roma. Um, but overall, the midfield and the attack under Lampard is, is, is very potent. We've talked about it countless times before. Um, but a big win for City to keep the pressure on. I guess if you still want to call it the pressure on, it's still nine-point difference mm-hmm. at the top there. Um Chelsea still haven't really beaten anybody in the top four, though, is another thing I'll point out. That's true. Um, they've given people good games. Um, they have given they gave Liverpool a good game earlier this year as well. Um, I don't know. Have they played Leicester yet? I'm not sure. Mm, no, I don't think so. Mm, yeah, I don't think so yet. Um, oh, yeah, they did. They tied Leicester. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they haven't. They didn't beat Leicester either. Um, and they've also given up leads against City and I believe also Liverpool. Um, so that kind of that young squad not used to being in those positions against that caliber yeah, yeah. of teams, um, they've got a long way to go in, in that in that aspect. But good game nonetheless, good win for City, um, and a good showing for, for Chelsea, who we know is probably not going to be a title contender this year, um, but a good showing nonetheless, the fact that they can hang with hang with the big boys. Now the next step is overtaking them yeah. basically. Uh, but moving on, uh, we'll move on to Liverpool. They tied. No, they tied today. They beat Palace at the weekend. Oh, I got some thoughts on this one, Hav. Yeah, go. I got some thoughts on this one. Go for it, man. Uh, Liverpool uh, should be renamed to Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> VAR seems to always be in their favor. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the highlights of this game or this game in general, but uh, Crystal Palace had a goal ruled out in this one off of a corner because there was a push in the back, um, not even from the guy who scored the goal. And it was very soft, in my opinion, very soft. And it just seems like Liverpool always get those They've had some significant luck on their calls in their way this year, and I'm not gonna go on a limb and say it's a fucking conspiracy theory or mm-hmm. anything like that. But they've gotten everything go their way so far, and including with this bullshit VAR who that has had so many growing pains this year. Um, and this is a game they should have tied. Honestly, uh, they should have dropped points in. Um, Liverpool or VAR was definitely on their side. And they stay undefeated once again. Uh, I'll also mention that they haven't been really that convincing uh, with a lot of like their results against mid-table and lower-table teams. No, they struggled against Sheffield uh, with a, like a last-minute goal, and then they struggled against Crystal Palace right now too. They've been—I mean, yeah, you could say it—they've been a little lucky in some games to not drop points. Uh, Aston Villa? Austin Villa, yeah, yeah, Austin Villa. So, I don't know, man. I think it's just – this may just be their year that everything's just going right for them. Stars uh, aligning. You know, uh, I mean, obviously there's still six, you know, like about like five months left. And we know what happened last time when they were ahead. They ended up choking real big. So, um, but, yeah, dude, I don't know. Liverpool, they just been – they always just find a way to win, man. I mean, with Firmino with a with a win in the 85th minute, I mean, the dying minutes of the games, they always find a way to win. 
you know, uh, same thing with Manchester United. They found a way to win the last 10 minutes or to tie it the last 10 minutes without dropping points. I mean, they just, they're always just finding a way to, yep. to not, to not lose. So on one side, it's like, you know, that's, that's a sign of a championship team True. who can pull out results like that um, against all odds, so to speak, or uh, when their backs are up against the wall. But on the flip side, also, you know, like we just said, barely clawing one out against Palace, um, who a lot of teams have beaten convincingly this year, Spurs and City. Um, Aston Villa as well, 2-1 in stoppage time off – Corner kick, set piece. Um, United, like you mentioned as well, getting a tie. Um, the list goes on and on. Getting in some luck with the Sheffield game with the Dean Henderson drop, uh, just having a howler in the, in the net. His only howler of the year, yeah, may yeah, I add. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, Maybe this is the year. All the stars are fucking aligning for him. And now they have VAR this year, which is helping them, seems like, almost yeah, every yeah. week. So, yeah, there's undefeated at the top of the table. They've got Brighton coming up, as well as Everton, who are shit, and Bournemouth, and then Watford. It's like... Uh, they're coasting, dude. They're, they're coasting, coasting. Uh, until the new year, basically. And... It just frustrates me at this point. Yeah. They do have they do have I see Lester away on the twenty sixth of December after Christmas on Boxing Day. And then they also have three days later at home to Wolves. So that'll be that'll be a test for sure. Yeah, but up yeah. until then they're kinda coasting. I mean, you could say the game against Everton, you know, it's the Merseyside Derby, but it's like Everton is just so bad. Yeah, so, so bad. Marcus, we'll get to we'll get to yeah. them in a little bit, but um, but, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for that game. Um, frustratingly enough, Liverpool stay top, um, convincingly, by nine points. And then Arsenal, man. Oof. Should have lost this game yeah, they to Southampton. They're bad. Emery is still coach. They're bad. Still has a job. They are bad. Like it's, They're bad. Um, Pepe, really bad. There's a there was a statistic. Hold on, let me let me look it up. Um, uh, it's somewhere. One of my friends sent it to me. Hold on. Uh, it was a, you'll you'll like this one. You'll find this one interesting. Uh, oh God! Don't tell me I can't find it. Still no goals from the run of play. No, still no goals from the run of play. It was something along the lines of how many after all these games after I don't know how many Premier League games we've been we've been in already about. How many? 12? 11? 13. 13? Okay. Um, after 13 games, Pepe has, I think it was one goal, either one ass- one or two assists, and then yep. El Ghazi from Austin Villa has like three goals wow. or in like two assists or some, something. something like he, it's, uh, He's doing better than than, than Pepe is what I was That's saying. crazy. Uh, I, I, don't, I forgot the exact numbers, but it's something along those lines. Uh, so Pepe's not been doing good, dude. Poop. And uh, I don't know if you, if you saw some highlights from this game, but after Lacazette scored the equalizer, he was not happy. Like he didn't celebrate. Didn't celebrate. No, no. no. He, he probably knew that he saved Emery another like three weeks. By, yeah, by, essentially. By uh, <laughs> by time. And if you game. look at these stats, bro, 
First of all, Southampton is garbage. Yeah, they got they got smacked like nine yeah nine zero by. <laughs> by We're never gonna let never gonna let them live that down. Nope. Um, they have a hard time creating anything attackingly. Uh, one of the least amount of goals scored in uh, the Premier League so far. They had twenty one shots on only thirty nine percent possession at the Emirates. At at the Emirates, that just goes to show how bad Arsenal are defensively. That they can only give up 40% possession, but yet they gave up 21 total shots, six on target, to Southampton. Um, two of them go in, obviously. Um, and then, they, like like we said, Lacazette basically gives them a lifeline by give, scoring two goals in this game. And if it wasn't for those two guys up top, they'd be in the they'd be be relegation. They'd be shit if it wasn't for Obama and Lacazette. I'm telling you, it should, it, this Arsenal should be renamed to Aubameyang and Lacazette. That is their team. It is. And now Arsenal fall to 8th place. And ever Spurs, Arsenal, United, 8th, 9th, and 10th, um, doing so bad that Wolves, Sheffield, and even Burnley ahead of them in the standings as of right now. Yeah, I know. Fucking shit. Now, going off of that, actually, we'll wait to get to the... And I think this this is the last big game we're gonna I, cover. Actually, I was gonna no, I, was, I wanted to go over Man City, uh, Man U versus. Uh, oh yeah, that was, that, that was that was an electric was a, game. Yeah, that was a big game. And, and then that we'll talk game. about uh, the hot seat race, yeah, basically. Yeah. So three three. This one was was this the only sun? Was this a Sunday game? Uh, yes. 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 Three yes. three. Um, I. <laughs> you texted me when they were two zero down. Saying I don't even know why we, I even watch United anymore. <laughs> I just get mad, and then of course they come back, led by their young guns. Yep. Brandon Williams, Greenwood, and Rashi. Yep. Um, and then they do what basically just totally uh, sums up their season and blow it in the 90th minute. <laughs> Give me your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. So I texted you that I think it was like I I think it was just before the half ended, so. Was it just before they when they scored? No, yeah, it was you know it was right in the beginning of the second half. So Manu goes down one zero with Phil jo- Phil Jones. A great, he's probably a great guy. Holy shit, is he a fucking liability? He's Holy atrocious. fuck! And you know, I'm gonna go in. Uh, I'll, I'll say this real quick. I don't know why in God's name we play with three center backs. We don't even have a. Well, actually, I would have. I don't even know why he played Phil Jones. He, I would have rather if he's gonna do three center backs, you play Axel. You don't play fucking Phil Jones unless Axel's coming back from an injury. But first of all, why do you play five in the back against a team? Who, does uh, Sheffield play five in the back? Is that, yes, they do. So why would you match a formation against a team who knows that formation like the back of their dick? They know. <laughs> Sheffield United players know the five, the whatever, the five in the back system so well that in their sleep they dream about it. Like they know and they work to, they play so well together within that system. But we have United over here. Let's be honest, they suck in that system with the five and five in the back. I don't think they've played it all year, actually. They don't have the personnel, they haven't trained for it, and you don't even have two good enough midfielders to run that mid. Fred and Pereira were the only two running that mid. Are you kidding me? You're going to expect those two to run the mid. They looked, they were getting their asses handed to them by Sheffield the first the first 70 minutes. 
And then you have the audacity to play Phil fucking Jones. Center, who got yanked at half. half. He was the reason why we got scored on. He got absolutely he got, flexed he got, he by Moose. He, he needs a big guy. He's a big guy. And he got flexed. He's, you know, the ball goes down the line, and he, he's the only one. The only reason why he's running that is because he kept that guy, uh, Mousset, onside. Everyone by, else, like, by like a mile. Everyone else was, was forward. Because if you rewatch that play, it's just them two. Yeah. And you see Phil Jones just walking along like he's at the park, strolling with his friends, you know, walk, and then Mousset just fucking flexes him, and then we get scored on. And right when I saw that, I was like, here we go, man. This is going to be a rough game. And lo and behold, second half comes along. Mousset with a fucking beautiful shot. I don't know how he beat the hair, but he did. It was a very nice shot. It was nice a really shot. nice shot. And then that's what I texted you. I don't even know why I watch these games anymore because I just get more mad. And then I, I, I actually stopped watching it. I went upstairs. I was doing other shit. And all of a sudden, my dad starts screaming that he scored. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then I go back up to my room again. I'm like, I'm not watching this game. They score again, and I'm like, holy shit. Okay, maybe I'm going to sit down. Brandon Williams, though, with that first goal, absolute beauty. Wow, beauty. he hit, couldn't have hit that any beauty. better. Mason Greenwood, then we sub him in. Thank God. We get a goal. Does he score? He scores a second Yeah, he scores, yeah, he yeah, scores, scores the second, second one. He scores the second one, and then we fucking score the third one. And I'm like, holy shit. Did we, are we going to fucking win this game after being absolute ass cheeks for the last 75 minutes? And, oh, God, here we go. And I knew we were, I knew we were going to get scored on the second – we sub out Marshall. We almost scored a fourth. After, we almost scored a fourth. I don't know how, but we almost scored a fourth. And then Ole is like, you know what? Let's go defensive. Let's go. We were getting our asses handed to us the entire game, and now with these last 10 minutes where we are actually on their, on ass. their asses, let's just go defensive. After he makes that sub, they're on us again. And I knew we were going to get scored on. And, of course, some dookie-ass play. And they Oliver, fucking Oliver yeah, McBurney. And they fucking find the fucking tie. And I'm like, and you know what? Then I was and I was even more mad at that point. I would have been I would have rather lost that game than fucking tied it like that. I'll tell you that right now. Oh I would have rather lost a fucking game than tied it that. Because why are you gonna get my hopes up like that? To just fucking I, tie it. I, I will say if someone would have told me Going into this game, that it was going to finish three three, I would have laughed oh. in your face. Given how yeah, good yeah. Sheffield has been, that was the first defensively. the first time they let up more than two goals. Yeah, game, so. and how shite Manchester United yeah. have been attackingly yeah. um, on the offensive side. But Phil Jones, man, I knew at the start of this game, after I saw him in the lineup, never, it was going to be a train wreck. Should never ever play ever again. I would I would pay out his contract. I'm going to start and a GoFundMe page to pay out Phil Jones's <laughs> contract because I would rather have a U12 player start over <laughs> Phil Jones. And I hate to rub salt in the wound, but Chris Smalling had a goal and two assists this weekend as a center back for Roma. I don't know why we got rid of him and not Phil Jones. I don't fucking know. Anyways, go on. Go on. Keep continuing. And um, Roma, for, for Roma, he's since I've been I, since I, I'm a Roma fan – and and I've been watching almost every game. The fans love him at, at Roma, Chris Smalling. Um, he's got two goals and two assists, and he's started almost every game so far. And the team has, I believe, five clean sheets in 13 games, and he started nine of those games. So he he's playing really well. He's had a couple goal line clearances as well, and yet here you are, Phil Jones still in the team, and he's showing 
he shows literally every game that they give him another chance why they haven't been giving yeah. him more chances. And, and, and this is this is the funny part, Lee. This, hold on to your seat, folks. <laughs> he got a fucking contract renewal at the beginning of this year. I you know what, man, 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 you hire me. You know what? You can pay me three thousand dollars a week, and I'll, I'll and I'll, I'll be happy, and I'll do a better job. I'm killing. I kill it at our Sunday league games. It's, I can do better than fucking Phil Jones. Like I don't understand. <laughs> like, and anyways, I'll, I'll, before I you know I can go on for hours about this. But anyways, this classic Man U. We come back and we give up a tie. Like I I just don't you know for this Man U team. What they should focus on is pure attacking. Like they put like going all gung ho because like. You know, I mean, honestly, like this whole entire game, I really question Ole's tactics as a coach. So now, like, I'm really starting to worry now because I, like, I don't want Ole to get fired because, like, if we fire Ole, I don't even know what we do next, right? Like, I don't even, I don't even know, right? Like, it's like, you know, let's put it this way: it's like, it's like a a, a girl or guy going on all these Tinder dates and fucking uh, dating all these people, and then like you're on your last thread here, man. Like, you know, like you're on your last thread here, and. You break up you with them, to, you dump them. Go out to the guy. You go out with the guy with one limb. You go with one limb, and then you it doesn't work out, and you're like, "Well, it's like, what do I do what now? What do I do now? Like, I'm in trouble, right? Like, I'm I have an, I, I've been through I've been through six boyfriends in the past like two years, and I don't know. So like, like I don't know. So like I don't, I want it, I want this guy to work out, but every time, man, there's these little things. He does some good things, and then like just starting out with yeah. five in the back, like you know, then subbing like going defensive again. It's like. It's not gonna work, bro. So, uh, I mean, I will say that I mean the youth, the youth movement has been good. Even though, if even though I mean, they're sitting where they sit in the table partially because like they don't have the players. Um, the youth players yeah. are pulling the weight better than the veteran players. Think about it. Brandon Williams has pushed Ashley Young onto the bench um, for the last what four or five games now in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, at left back. Uh, pulling his weight, playing a nice goal in this game. Uh, obviously, Rashford, he's still considered a young gun, yeah. even though yeah, it feels like he's been around he, for a yeah. while and he's now. He's found some form now. He's found some form. Yeah, yeah. now he's moved on the yeah. wing. Um, and then also Greenwood coming off the bench. Been and I know Daniel good. James is an academy kid, but he's still a young gun. But then you got like Phil Jones, who's a veteran, who's really yeah. – like, I don't even know why he's in this game. Yeah. Um, McTominay has, I don't know what's wrong with him. McTominay he got, he got, he got injured, injured. Ankle injured, but like he was, he was doing really well yeah. for them as well. They, but then you got like Fred, average, not really average. showing anything. He's a, he's squad player best. Ashley Young on the bench, yeah. Lingard, useless. Yeah. Juan Mata, useless. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll tell you this right now. The young guys on this are pulling this team together. The young, the young guys. Yeah. And, uh. And uh, I won't, I won't, I won't touch it. We can switch real quick. But I was just gonna say, what this team needs now is for them to sign guys who are 27, you know, 26, 27, like that have experience that can mesh with these young kids. That's what they need, right? They don't need any more young signed players. They need to start like adding what they need. You know what you're gonna get out of these guys, right? Like yeah. those type of players. So, anyways, uh, Man U. I mean, I get, I'll take the tie, I guess. But I was fucking. I would have rather taken the loss because like I'm more mad. Like, in that in that fashion, I, I, I yeah. feel I feel weird. Like I don't know if I should be mad or happy because we played so shit anyways that game. So maybe at one point, one point for each team was uh was well off. But I still think we're I still think we're we're better than Arsenal. 
because Arsenal are actually not going anywhere. I, we at least got young guys that we can yeah. look forward to. Uh, but now with a new coach at Spurs, though, I think Spurs can Spurs, overtake yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because Mourinho has the players he wants, and those are the Mourinho-type players that he didn't get at Manchester United. And now what he's going to do is he's going to go to the Man United, he's going to beat them at Man United, then he's going to rub his fucking ball sack all over Ed Woodward's face and say, suck on my dick. And that's what he's going to do. And then I'm going to sit there watching us get our asses handed to us by Tottenham, and then uh, I'll probably just drink my sorrows away, So, and I'll probably text you again. So. Doesn't sound like a good time. No, it doesn't. Uh, so anyways, let's move on. One, la- <laughs> one last thing. This is just kind of a fun little thing to throw in. Paul Pogba, who people forget is still on Manchester United. Uh, he's, still uh, part- he's playing basketball somewhere, <laughs> chilling. He's, That's exactly what he's I was going to say. Have- Last week, and he's supposedly he's injured. Last week, he was in Miami playing basketball. So whoever follows Paul Pogba on Instagram, the dude was playing like a full-out basketball game, put on his Instagram story, in Miami, Florida. And then just this week, he's on the fucking trainer's table. Getting fucking, uh, getting rubbed out, basically. Uh, this is a family yeah. show, but yeah. Uh, he's, he's rubbed out, yeah. Uh, <laughs> getting his getting his legs massaged or something, whatever. We should have sold them in the summer for $120 million and then used that money to buy more midfielders. Absolutely. And I, I think at this, 100%. I, think, I mean, he, he still has two more years left in his country, so we'll get some money from him in the summer, you know? But, he, I mean, it, it seems like, I mean, he probably is injured, but he's probably, but he's not, he's not fighting to like get on the team right now. No, you know? he doesn't because care he doesn't when care, he gets back. He he's collecting you know? a paycheck. So, um, and this is again, the, the board, you know, just staying so reluctant to like, you know, oh, but he sells jerseys, you know, like all the, fuck you, Edward, word, fuck you, Glazers. Let's move on. This is bullshit. Yeah. This is bullshit. Uh, right. but a good segue into when we were talking about, uh, Ole and his, um, everyone, he doesn't always get his tactics right and whatnot. A good segue is, um, who's, who is going to be out next? Who is going to get the sack next? So in this category, uh, you can put, uh, the following, the, fo- the following managers, um, Ole, Unai Emery, Marco Silva, um, Pellegrini. Pellegrini. Do you want to include all over the world too, or? Uh, just the Premier oh, okay, League, okay, I think. Okay, that's fine. Um, Hassan Hudel at uh, Southampton, who does get a result at uh, Arsenal uh, this week, but nonetheless, he's in the relegation zone. Um, I think that's pretty much it. It's now that Potch is out. Uh, but yeah, Pellegrini, Hassan Hudel, um, I guess Daniel Farca at Norwich, uh, Marco Silva, Udai Emery, and Ole. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at this table real quick. You know, I think it's going to be a race between uh, West Ham and uh, Everton. Southampton, nice. I mean, I guess Southampton because they are in relegation zone, but it's just like you expect a lot more from West Ham coaches and Everton coaches and in and, and the team, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so it's like there's – because you, you don't see Everton and West Ham close this close to relegation really ever, to be honest with you. Like you see them like top eight, right? Uh so, uh, man, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who to – I mean, it needs to be either Pellegrini or, or Silva, in my opinion. I don't know what you think. Yeah, and actually – oh, my goodness. Wait till you hear this. Speaking of Marco Silva, and we thought – because we read off West Ham's uh, schedule before the new year. Oh, I heard Everton's is shit. Wait until you hear Everton's. <clears throat> away to Leicester on Sunday. Away to Liverpool on Wednesday. Home to Chelsea, away to United, home to Leicester in the Carabao Cup, home to Arsenal, home to Burnley, 
away to Newcastle, and then Holy home to Ever or away shit. to City. <laughs> oh my goodness! So out of those eight games in the league, twenty-four points. I actually probably see them getting like two points. To be <laughs> in their current form, to, yeah. To be honest with you, they just lost like, to Norwich at like, home. Leicester lost, Liverpool lost, Chelsea lost. I think United will beat Everton at home. Lost. Yeah. Um, Arsenal, uh, maybe tie. tie. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Tie. Bur- I think Burnley will beat them. Burnley actually plays well. Dude, I, I mean, I'll get, I'll get them out of the twenty-four. Yeah, like two points, Lee. That's like not good. That's insane, man. I'd sack them now. This, this is not now. Good. I mean, well, I don't know what they're waiting for, and I don't, don't quote me on this, but. I've heard through the through the grapevine that after that Norwich game um, on Monday, the executives at Everton had a little powwow with Marco Silva. Um, I don't know, obviously, what was spoken about, but um, obviously he wasn't canned. But there was at least like, "Hey, Marco, like we're really doing really bad here. Um, you got to turn this around. Get your, but, shit, uh, get your shit together. Uh, you're going to be living on the street. <laughs> now he's going to get a nice payout, and he's going to live comfortably, yeah. and he's going to find another job. But I'll coach Everton. <laughs> they need to act, man. I mean, I don't see any better time than right now. No, that I mean, wh- I mean, West. I'll tell you this right now: West Ham and Everton right now to be battle of who gets relegated. To be honest with you, like Ali, like I'm serious, like I. One of those two, I have a feeling, is going to get relegated. Like, it, it, like uh, the, how it's looking right now. At this point, yeah. I mean, Norwich, maybe Norwich turns a corner now that they got a win against Everton. I don't know. But I don't, oh. see, I don't see Everton getting a win in any of those eight games, to be honest with you. Like, I really don't. Neither do I. I, maybe I mean, against even Burnley. looking Even looking at those first four, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, I, one point one maybe point against maybe. United. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. maybe. But... I like I, I like you said I I think United is playing well enough to get a win at home, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, sack race uh. right now, uh, with who's gonna be gone next. Um, but Everton, <laughs> this should have this should have happened weeks ago, and now you lost to Norwich at home. Like, there's no better time than the present, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, they're gonna be. Uh, Woof, man. Just oh, tough. Bad shape. Uh, but I think we'll finally move on from uh, the Premier League now. Yeah, yeah. Some good uh, Champions League games this week. We were just going to go through the groups, basically, and give our two cents on uh, how the groups look going into what will be the last round of games in a couple weeks uh, for the group stage. Uh, so starting Group A, Hav... Uh, there's really not too much to say about Group A. PSG tied Madrid two two. Madrid, Madrid gave doing up two, a two, uh, two two late goals. And let's uh, let's give a round of applause to Courtois for getting a red card. Just uh, another, yes. just another uh, man. He did he get a red card? Yeah, I think he got a red card. Yeah, he got a red. It card. got overturned. I got overturned. Oh, it got overturned by, oh. by VAR. Oh, okay, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. Uh, he did. Have, he did initially though. Uh, the only thing I really have to say about this group because it's pretty much done and dusted. Um, it is done and dusted. PSG look way better than uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, miles better. Uh, do I think PSG will be a contender this year? No. Uh, do I think they'll make it farther than they usually do? Yes. Yeah. Um, Benzema also really the only lone bright spot of this Madrid team this year. Jovic has been really like 
average. I don't even know if he's really even played. I dude, if I Ali, uh, if I'm him, like I'm either looking to get a signing somewhere else again or loan move or something. I don't know. I don't know what you think on that. Yeah, I I think next. I mean, given the high standards of Real Madrid, they actually might be looking at that too. Yeah, yeah. It might be a, a, a two-way, yeah. or uh, they might be thinking mutually about that one. Um, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. blow a lead in this game. Uh, but to yeah. PSG, Benzema, two goals. Yeah. He was very underwhelming last year, and now he's kind of refound his yeah. form. <laughs> but uh, but that yeah. group is done and dusted. We got Now we got Group B with Bayern Munich, Tottenham. FK Servana Zivida Olympiacos. That one also done and dusted. Yeah, done and dusted as well. Bayern ahead with 15, um, and then Tottenham in second with 10. So not a lot to be said here. Um, besides, I guess, Bayern Munich uh, putting it in uh, Tottenham's pooper that one game. But The only thing I have to say is, and you can give your two cents on this, is Robert Lewandowski the best striker oh, in the world right now? It, like, it used to be kind of like low-key. because, And I'll tell you why it was low-key. Because like I'd be like, you know, I'd be taking a shit or something like, like on my phone and I see like Bleacher Report like Lewandowski just scored four goals in 16 minutes or you know like something like that. And I'm like, oh cool. And then like a week, <laughs> then like a week later, I'd be pooping again. And then like I see Lewandowski scores three goals in 10 minutes. I'm like, oh cool. Then the next week again, like Lewandowski scores two two goals in eight minutes. And I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, holy shit, wait. This as, guy's popping as, off. As I'm pooping now, I'm thinking. <laughs> this guy's this guy's actually like really fucking good, <laughs> and yeah, he scores four goals. Could have had five. He had one ruled out for VAR in this game against Red Star today. I think he's got like twenty five goals already, and it's only November. It's insane in all competitions, dude. He's he's popping off like it's. And I I watched his goals today, and you could pretty much it, this goes for just about all of his seasons at Bayern. And even Dortmund, when he was at Dortmund. He's not as dynamic of a striker as like an Aguero or a Luis Suarez when he was in his prime. Mm -hmm. But his movement in the box is just like you can't teach it. It's just like instinctual. And he puts himself in great spots. Obviously, he's an amazing finisher. And just those little like spinning off a a defender's shoulder, those little tiny movements to get free himself up in the box. That's how we got all his goals today, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's really all I got to say about that group. That one is also done and dusted. Um, group C, still the second place up for grabs. City will go through in first. Uh, tie against Shakhtar. All three of those teams have a chance going into this uh, third yeah, game. Yeah. Um, Atalanta really – they were my choice at the beginning of Champions League to go through in second. Um, they will have a very crucial game against Shakhtar. Yep, yep. Uh, whoever wins that will come second. Uh, I have a feeling it'll be Shakhtar at this stage, but yeah, Atalanta yeah. playing well in the league, so you never know. Uh, group D, Juventus beat Atletico on a sublime goal from Dybala on a free kick. Did you get to see that one? Uh, yeah, I saw I saw the free kick. It was nice. It was yeah. real nice. Crazy, acute angle. <laughs> Shout out to Geometry. Um, Atletico, amazingly enough, are not through, man. No, no. Uh, Leverkusen's right behind them at six points. And it, I mean, Leverkusen has to go to or has to play Juventus in the sixth game, but like Atletico kind of really shot themselves in the foot here. Um, not 
I mean, two losses, a tie. They should be through at this point in the in the group, in my opinion. No, ultimately, yeah. I think they'll still go through. But uh, yeah, Leverkusen putting the pressure on. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I still think Athletic will beat Locomotive though. So yeah, uh, I think it'll, yeah. I think it's it'll stand as this. But in Group E, Liverpool, Napoli. Uh, right now, top two, but Salzburg's knocking at the door, bro. Dude, They're let me right hit there. you with let me hit you with this crazy against all odds scenario. Salzburg played Liverpool in the last game. Napoli played Gank, which they'll probably win. If Salzburg somehow beat Liverpool in the last game, they already have a better goal difference. Liverpool will get knocked out, and this is at Salzburg. Oh shit! You're right. Sixth game, last group stage game. I didn't even think. I didn't even think about that. Wow! And Salzburg got the most goals in the group. At this rate, they're scoring like four goals a game. It seems like. Yeah, you're right, dude. Dude. So it's this. This group. Imagine that. This group is up for grabs right now. Holy shit! Dude, that's a that's gonna be a game to watch. That's gonna be a game to watch. You know, when when Champions League started, I just kind of gave a shout out to Salzburg because <clears throat> Jesse Marsh, an American coach, is managing them right now. But did I think that they were actually gonna put the pressure on? Not really. No. Just because of how superior on paper Napoli and Liverpool are, but they actually have a chance. And we saw them. I think it ended up with that game four, four, four three. three at Liverpool at Liverpool, which is one yeah. of the, I, I, at this point in the world one of the hardest places to play at. Yeah, one of the hardest places to play at. So, so tune into that one, folks. I mean, that one that one might be. And you already know the fans for Salzburg are gonna be going nuts that game. Yeah. So that's hype city. That's ooh, awesome. Ooh. <laughs> that one's gonna be exciting. <sighs> <laughs> And then Group F. Another close one still right Another now. close one with Dortmund and Inter, which we thought it was probably going to be. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Barca and Inter right now. Um, Inter right now ahead of goal difference. Um, Dortmund got their cheeks clapped by Barcelona today, 3-1. Uh, I don't know who they play. Mm, they play Slavia Prague. So, okay, so hold on, hold on. This is interesting. So, Inter plays Barca. Um. At, 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 at uh, I think it is on the I think it is on the road. Hold on, let me see. It is at uh, no at Inter. Okay, so here we yeah. So Barca plays at Inter, and Dortmund plays at uh, at at Slavia Prague. I think. No, at home actually at home. So uh, if Inter loses and Dortmund wins, Dortmund goes through. But you know I'm gonna be honest with you. I really like Dortmund, but I think Inter deserves to go through. I do too, and and this is what's interesting because of those three teams, Inter has been the most consistent team yeah, this yeah. year in their domestic league. Oh yeah, definitely, hands down. Um, and Dortmund haven't like really they no. haven't won in like five games. I I think uh, to be honest, I think the fans want the manager out for Dortmund. They just haven't really. Yeah, it's it just more so on the defensive side, man. Like they. I mean, they tied Paderborn, who's yeah. in last place. They were down 3-0. Three, yeah, they tied him 3-3, three, three, but they gave up three goals to Paderborn, who's in they're, last place. They're not looking good on defense, and Barca just exposed them today. Uh, so, Dortmund really, uh, they disappointed me. They were kind of my dark horse for, like, the around-the-world stuff. Yeah. And they ended up really just kind of fizzling out. Um, so, it's kind of yeah, sad. But absolutely. And so, given I mean, given how Barca, Barca's been underwhelming yeah, this year, yeah, yeah. I could see Inter... Definitely beating them in uh last group stage game. And though obviously Barca has nothing to play for. They've clinched first yeah, yeah. as well. So, shit, dude. Anything could happen mm-hmm. in this group. Uh, but speaking of dark horses with Dortmund, 
RB Leipzig could be the dark horse, the actual dark horse. They came back today. Came back in stoppage time. Against Benfica 2-2. Uh, but Leon and Zenit still alive. Um, yeah, Zenit beat Leon. I really, yeah. yeah, I really don't care who goes through yeah. between those two teams. I, I guess I would rather have Leon just because Zenit. I don't know. I don't follow yeah. Russian league. I yeah, like I'd like to see Memphis Depay. Yeah. Uh, he's fun to watch, I guess. Um, but then that finally, Group H, also interesting. Valencia and Chelsea tied today, two-two. Ajax beat Lille. Um, Chelsea plays Lille and Valencia plays Ajax. So Ajax is not safe yet. Somehow, no, they're they're, ten points. No, they're not. Um, and they'll be playing at uh, Ajax. So, uh, so Chelsea have a good chance to get through still. If yeah, they, they just got to. They just got to really just so they probably get, they got to win probably. I think Ajax can beat Valencia. I, mean, I think so too. Um, I think Chelsea. Oh man, they should have. They should have had the win today, man. Honestly, they probably shouldn't have. I don't, don't know if you so? saw any part of these highlights because Valencia br- blew a ton of chances. Oh, wait, no, actually, no. They had a PK that they missed also. You're right, you're right. Yeah, and they missed that PK, you're right, you're and right. they missed, like, a sitter down the stretch as well. Um, so even though they did come from behind to tie it 2-2, they had a, they ton, had a ton of chances, chances to yeah. really have three, maybe four goals. Um, but ultimately, I think Chelsea will take care of Lille um, pretty handily. Um and I, at Ajax, when Ajax still has something to play for and they're not safe yet, yeah, I, think I, I can't see Valencia going on the road no. and beating Ajax. Maybe best so. tie. Maybe a best yeah. tie. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, some good some good games this week for sure. Uh, we weren't really going to break any down per se, but we wanted to definitely go through the groups for sure. Uh, but, yeah, last round of Champions League games coming up. Uh, those last four groups – Group E through H are going to be interesting for sure. It's really just those first two, PSG's group and Bayern's group, that's basically just over with, basically. Um, but, yeah. Do you have any golden goals from the weekend, Hop? Uh Yeah, actually, I'm going to pick um, Brandon Williams' goal for Man United. Yeah, first goal for United um, in any competition, I believe. Yeah, yeah, first goal, absolute volley with his weak foot, um, and it meant something too. It, it started the comeback. So uh, honestly, you love to see that. I thought it was a really nice volley as well. Again, with his weak foot, which is not easy to do. I mean, I if I try to volley with my left foot, it'd be fucking Shank City. So, um, <laughs> so that was uh, so that was nice, nice goal from him, and I'll definitely give that as my golden goal just because of the meaning of it and. It was his first goal. And, you know. So mine is, and this goes back to Ajax's game with Heracles from the Dutch League this weekend, past weekend. Ajax with just an unbelievable build-up goal. Uh, it was their first goal of the game. I think they went on to win this game. Um, but it was just like the absolute perfect exhibit of like, the players that they have on this team and how well they can play all together under this coach, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, back to front, probably like 15 passes, um, le- leads to a beautiful goal, and it was just so pretty to watch. Um, we'll put it on our Twitter. Um, I've got the video in our likes right now. Um, but that's definitely my goal of the weekend, or goal, golden goal from the past week or so since we did our last episode. Also, Dybala's goal, who was Probably the most valuable player for Juventus this year, kind of low key. Um, the free kick in the Champions League yeah, this yeah, week yeah. was also fucking class against Jan Oblak, who's 
low key, also low key, one of the best goalies in the yeah, world, yeah. in my opinion. Um, and then, do you have any extra touches for the weekend? Um, Weekon. Not really, actually. I don't. Not that I. I didn't really see anything that piqued my interest. Um, I don't know if you do. You can go first. I'll kind of look around real quick. I've and only see got a couple. Got uh, the f- first is from today, actually. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, the former U.S. men's national team coach, is now the head coach of Hertha Berlin in the Bundesliga. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So this was his first coaching job since the men's national team job, which I thought he coached Egypt. Um, oh no, that was Bob Bradley. Never mind. That was Bob Bradley. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. Um. In the Bundesliga, Hertha Berlin sits just above relegation. Um, they're big club, um, kind of like a kind of in the same position as like a West Ham or Everton are in right now. Uh, should be doing a lot better than they are. Uh, but yeah, Jurgen Klinsmann is going to take over there, which I thought was interesting. Um, also, oh, what about that guy uh, that uh, Manchester United kid have? I th- saw you put on your personal Twitter. Oh yeah, holy shit! Yeah, I actually forgot about that. Hold on, I'll I'll, exp- I'll talk about that one. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I've got one more in here somewhere. Yeah, actually, yeah, I can't believe it. I was actually going to talk about that. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, let's see, I got to look up his stories right here. I have it. So, uh, so this kid, uh, he was an academy player. Max Taylor uh, got called up to Man United senior squad for the first time two months after having chemotherapy uh, treatment. So in November of 2018, he was getting chemo treatment, and then a year later, he got called up uh, for Man United's game against, uh, I think it's Astana. So uh, they're calling up like a lot of youth players for that game. Yeah. And he got called up, man. That's fucking awesome, Max Taylor. Uh, so that was really co- that's really cool to see. I mean, that's like a that's a lot of shit to go through chemotherapy and then coming still back to oh, still play absolutely. soccer. So, um, those are the little stories that you really like to hear in in soccer, man. Like yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a really good those, one. Those uh, <clears throat> um, those uh types of uh those types of uh, stories, you know, kind of really just gets you inspired to, you know, to just kind of do more. But those are cool. Um, actually, back backing off of another cool story. This reminded me of another one. I don't know if you saw this, but uh. I know, like, I'm not a big Liverpool f- supporter, obviously, because Man U fan, and I know you don't like them either because they're doing better than City right now. But uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Van Dyke visited a, a fan. He's got a, I think he's he's got brain problems. I think he was born with like not a lot of oxygen, so he kind of developed very uh, different. But he was um, he's like a dedicated like Liverpool fan. Goes to all the games, you know, go, goes all the home games, goes away games, and he works at like a shopping mart, like just like carrying the carts or whatever. So uh, his uh, the guy's brother um, wrote a letter to Liverpool saying you know telling his story like you know what what he's about, and Van Dyke saw this so he he went with the guy's brother and surprised him at the store they like where he like you know pushes the carts yeah. and there's a video of this we can we'll put it out there's a video of this though and he like goes and surprises him and the guy obviously is like a little like not developed you know but like he can talk it just kind of looks a little different and talks a little funny but. He was like, you know, Van Dyke surprised him, then took him to like the Liverpool like uh, training s- center to meet with Salah, like some of the other guys That's in club. Awesome. And then on top of that, this is a touch of class. Liverpool offered, I, I think it was to pay for all the expenses for their away games, like their away game tick, like their tickets, like yeah. the, their expenses to get there, like all that stuff for the rest of the season. That's awesome. So that was really that was really cool to see. You love to see that stuff, regardless of who you support, for sure. Um, I will say, and that, that's not the, I haven't seen that video yet, but that's not the first story like that, that I've heard about Van Dyke. 
He's a really could, good guy. I, I could never say a bad thing about Van Dyke, no matter how much I, I despise Liverpool. The dude is just really, great on and off yeah, the field, yeah. just truly just a total put-together like guy. Great leader, great person. Absolutely. Like he's, he's like... You know, he's the type of person you want to take home to your parents, honestly. Absolutely, you know, so. man. So. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's also always a great story to hear. A um, couple more that I have here. Flamengo won the Copa Libertadores, Libertadores whatever that is, um, and Serie A, or Serie, the first division, uh, in the Brazilian League, all in the span of a week. Um, and after seeing their parade that they had after this, I'm convinced they might have the biggest fan base they, in the world. They um so they won the Copa Libertadores and then they also won the league. That's what I just said. Oh oh was they, oh they just I might, I totally just missed that. Then. My bad my bad <laughs> my bad my bad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, in about like four days or so. Uh, um, it was their first league title in a decade, um, first Copa Lib title since 1981. And this picture, man, I, I can't stop looking at it. The picture of their parade, like. There's got to be easily sixty-five thousand people. It was huge. Um, what I was actually gonna go with, <laughs> my bad. What I was gonna go off of what I was saying was, um, that was the first time a team has won, um, the Copa Libertadores and like the league since like Pele played for Santos. Wow. So that was that was what I was trying wow. to allude to. So that was the first yeah. time. So that's the first time that's happened. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So so that so yeah, dude. The city was crazy. I and like uh. Neymar played for Flamengo, didn't he? Or no, he's a Santos, Flamengo San- fan? Santos, Santos. Oh, played he played for Santos. For Santos. So, I think he's a Flamengo yeah, fan. Yeah, Flamengo's like a big uh, club in Brazil still too. But, you know, it's like crazy to see because like South America has actually a really big fan, like a crazy atmosphere. But they it, never get talked about. They never about, get talked really. about just because like everyone watches like European right. soccer. But honestly, it might be even more crazier than Europe. To be it honest might be because like even like Boca Juniors and uh, River Plate, clubs like those, and I mean, even looking at this picture from the Flamengo parade, it makes you think: like, is this fan base bigger than like the Real Madrids and the Manchester Uniteds and yeah, yeah. those of the world? Yeah, it, it really could be because this is insane. No, yeah, yeah. Like you don't um, see you don't see that happening at a at like one of the European. Cl- I mean, it'll be big, but like I mean, that's just not, not like this, not man. Like this, this is this insane. Is nice. uh, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Oh, and then I have one more here somewhere. Uh, oh, this one, I hate to end on like a kind of a sour note, but, uh, the Mario Baltelli is supposedly interested in a move to MLS, uh, mainly because of the racism he's been, um, been a victim to to in, in Italy. So he recently had some racist abuse for Brescia, the club he currently plays for, who's, um, bottom of the table in Italy right now, Syria, newly promoted side. And in a press conference, the media asked the president of the club about this racism and like his thoughts on it. The president, not the coach, the president of the club. And he said, I don't know, it's like because he's black, like something along those lines. And like he's working hard, but you know, because he's, he's black. It's like, dude. That is so unprofessional, number one. That's a terrible yeah, PR yeah. move. And it's not okay. No, dude, I'm really questioning 
It's like he didn't stick up no. for him at all. I'm really questioning the Italians and the way they per- they uh, run that league over <laughs> over there in Syria. Yeah, they're making me look really bad. Yeah, yeah that's, what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say, man. Like, yeah, no, I I, remember, I saw that. He was just like, yeah, he's because he's black. Like, dude, that's not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> like, no. But like, it likes and like I mean maybe I don't know like and I and not to get into it or anything, but I don't know if it's like a culture. Like, I don't really know, right? Because there's a lot of cultures that like you know are whatever like iffy. Let's be honest, right? with, like, African-Americans, but there's so many African-Americans in that league in the first place, but, like, I just don't understand why some of these owners, like, I've, and this is, this is not the first time that, like, it's, there's been a questionable response from, like, an owner or coach or something like that. Yeah. There's been a lot of that going on in Serie A, mm-hmm. and it's making the league look really bad, man, and, like, and the people who run it. Clarence Seydorf, the great Clarence Seydorf, played for AC Milan for so many years, he was, I don't even know what his nationality was, but he was black. And, like, you never heard anything about any problems going on then. Why all of a sudden? I don't know. But it's really gotten out of hand. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's really gotten out of hand. And it's gone all the way up to a freaking president of a club, which is unacceptable. And, like, if you're Mar- I was, like, dumbfounded by someone of that stature and that, like, level in the hierarchy. Being that ignorant and educa- in a fucking and edu- press conference, and education, just like you know, yeah, not like- in a press conference when you're the president of the club, that's terrible. So. I mean, if I was Mario, I mean, he, he probably heard that and he's like, I want to get the fuck out. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping he comes to MLS. They'd be great for the league. That'd be like another Zlatan like, personality. Yeah, he's still only like 28 years old. So hopefully, like, Chica- why not? Hopefully, Chicago Fire. They do need a striker. <laughs> um, let's end on a good one here. We're having uh, we won the league in our at our uh, inaugural season. Inaugural I mean, season, so uh, we have a little bit of championship pedigree. Yeah, so uh, it's just been a while. Yeah. Um, Inter Miami released their stadium, not stadium renderings, but their practice facility renderings, which are also on a complete other level as literally any other facilities in the country. Um, they start play next season. They're first stadium is going to be in Fort Lauderdale still hitting some hiccups with their actual Miami proper stadium uh but dude their practice facility nice insane insane it's going to be right next to where their first stadium is going to be in Fort Lauderdale so once they actually start playing in Miami the players are going to still have to go and train in Fort Lauderdale which is like not a big deal I feel like Balotelli is going to go there (laughs) I would not be surprised it seems like David Beckham's been in talks with just about everyone uh so far and including Edison Cavani has he like signed like any big has they signed any big big they've signed some really good young South American players with like high potential Mm -hmm. um which has kind of become a trend within MLS so far um and they've also MLS just had the uh, expansion draft, so they got some inter interleague players as well uh, through the expansion draft this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so their squad is forming nicely. Still no coach as of yet, but they've had some some talks with some South American and uh, Central American coaches in the Mexican league and the uh, South American leagues. Cool. Uh, so it should be interesting okay. to see what they do there. But uh, yeah, go check out their practice facility renderings for sure. Um, they're top of the line, uh, but I think that's it. Yeah. Got anything else? No, How that's time it. we at uh one oh seven. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, episode twenty four. 
episode 24. Episode 24. Um, if you're listening today or tonight, uh, we hope you have a good Thanksgiving. If you're listening sometime tomorrow on Thanksgiving or afterwards, hope you had a good turkey day. Um, you're not feeling too bloated, yeah. but uh, we'll see you next time. We're probably going to be at one episode a week here for a little while, um, at least up until 2020, the new year, um, just because we do have a lot going on. Javi's got to finish school, and after that... Um, We'll try to get back to twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys are going out tonight on Black Wednesday, be careful. Um, <laughs> make great decisions. Maybe not the best ones, but, you know, you know, have fun still, but be safe. Uh, yeah. Use Uber. Um, yeah, enjoy the turkey, guys. Eat a lot of food. Enjoy your Black Friday. Go uh, go fight some old ladies over some uh, plasma TV, some flat screen TVs. Yeah, go get them deals. Yeah, go get them deals, guys. And, uh, yeah. Be safe. Enjoy your shit, guys. Um, yeah, again, leave us reviews if you guys haven't left a review yet. We appreciate that. Um, perhaps we'll do another giveaway sometime in in the future. Um, maybe before the holidays or around the holiday maybe season. A Christmas yeah, maybe a giveaway. Christmas giveaway. We'll do something like hint, that. Hint, um, But yeah, guys, thank you guys for your support. Again, we love you and appreciate you. and We're thankful for we're, you. Yeah, we're thankful. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. See you next time, guys. See you later. Peace. Peace.